Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome into the Believe in Monsters podcast. I am one of the hosts. Our main host with the most, Joe Gaither, seems to be MIA at the time. We, we hope he's, he's okay. at the Waffle House. He's at the Waffle House. Maybe IHOP, maybe Denny's. We're, we're not 100% sure. It's one of those like total mid-breakfast places. Not like a snooze or anything like that. But anyway uh welcome in we are live on facebook twitter youtube uh find the podcast when it is dropped sometime in the future on apple podcast spotify wherever else lucas wants to post that shit uh maybe some like adam here australian uh youtube or something i don't know i think adam used to get uh some crazy viewers from like austria on his on his wrestling <laughs> podcast it was weird so maybe guys maybe if you listen from another country drop a comment we would love to know where you're listening from joining us in the chat is my co-host on the other podcast i i dabble in mr adam kunos he's probably on the road hopefully he's not driving and the wife's driving but anyway lucas how are you tonight my friend I'm great. I'm here. I'm present, unlike Joe Gaither. Um, we might need to put a milk carton out for him because we haven't heard from him. Hopefully he's all right, like we said. Maybe I mean, he's he did. A sn- he's, he's probably a long day already. Oh, Adam's Boston. in Boston. Come swing by the studio, my friend. The studio. The, the, <laughs> Salem, the Salem studio. <laughs> A.K.A. Uh, yeah, or, yeah, get some... Get some uh, some clam chowder while you're out there what's your favorite boston based food lucas Mm. honestly clam chowder is probably up there specifically Mm. from right outside fenway park is some of the best clam chowder i've had bleacher bar okay so there's a bar that we went to the last time i was there would have been like october of oh 17 or 19 something like that and i can't remember what the name of the bar was it's not that bar that's in right field although we did go there that place yeah, is that's the bleacher bar that place is dope that's so cool they, there was another have, bar like around they have the really good clam chowder there that they're in the bar in that bar man yeah gotta specifically go. gotta go next time i uh plan a trip up there to new england to come see you uh and your and your lady um we're gonna have to go to the bleacher bar, get some clam but, chowder. But the place, the bar you're talking about, was around Fenway. Yeah, it's like it was, I swear it's like probably like home plate and like right across the street. I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, it was good. Is it called like it's it's baseball themed, right? Obviously, it's called like Sluggers or something like yeah, that. Yeah, something. I like think that. I I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't know the name of it. That that place is super popular though. Well, anyway. Enough about food in Boston, and thank God we didn't bring up the football team there because this is a football show, and this is a Bears podcast. And we actually have some Bears news 
a little bit. Uh, you know, not a lot going on. This is sort of the slower time of the year. We're about to head into the super dead zone where we're about six weeks of nothingness until like the end of July. So we have, we had OT, we had rookie minicamp, right? And then we had uh, OTAs, organized team activities, voluntary. Then we had mandatory minicamp starting today. Is that right, Lucas? Does that schedule sound about accurate? Correct, yes. Yeah, I think manda- today was the first day of mandatory minicamp, I think. I believe so. And, le- and we don't have any, like, Kyler Murray situations or Lamar Jackson situations or, uh, or anything like kind Baker of. Mayfield. Robert Quinn didn't show up. Who? Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn? Tell me about that, Lucas. What's, uh, what's going on with Mr. Quinn? Uh... Well, mandatory OTAs, which means you're you're supposed to be there, and uh, he just didn't show up today. Uh, apparently, Iberflus did not sound too happy about it. I mean, he said he expects him to be there, and uh, I mean, I haven't really heard too much Robert Quinn news. Last time we heard from him, he said he wanted to be a Chicago Bear, but apparently he's doing his own workouts now, and I don't know. Maybe this is a plea to get off the team, and uh we talked about this before i mean the bears should uh oblige him to get him out yeah the the only things i've heard you know i, I listened to the hogan johns podcast because those guys are the shit uh the adams are absolutely awesome uh you should listen to their podcasts and all of that but they were saying you know he's a veteran he knows how to get himself in shape he knows how to be ready to play football um but like with the new coaching staff and the hits philosophy and all of that stuff like maybe quinn isn't ready for that much intensity yet and he's just like yeah i'm just gonna wait until august before i bring my hits philosophy uh the other side of that is i did you know there are some rumblings and grumblings uh they were turned down by the team that he robert quinn has asked to be traded uh, you know, kind of in the background. He wants to play for a winner, uh, um, you know, as any veteran player does, totally understandable. Uh, Bears Bears are a winner, though, right, Lucas? I mean, we're going to win seven, six, 6.5 games, is according to the Vegas. I don't know. Do you think if they didn't have Robert Quinn, would that go down? No. Do you think Robert Quinn is, is equal Worth to Worth a one, win? No. One, win one war? One football war? <laughs> no. I don't know. I think over the course of a season, I think his cumulative total of, I don't know, if he had 15-plus sacks, I think may equal out to about one win. Maybe. That's fair. Like, That's if you didn't have really it last year, maybe you lose an extra game. I don't know. Maybe we're thinking about it too much. He's, I mean, I don't know. Regardless. Lucas, there's there's definitely not anybody that I know that overthinks anything more than you. So please <laughs> divulge us with like the the in depth analysis of what Robert Quinn brings to the team. And, and I think you're probably right. It, but it also depends, you know, on the timeliness of those sacks. Are they you know Aaron Donald's Super Bowl ending type sacks, or are they? Right. Fourth quarter down by 15. Nobody cares what's happening. And, you know, we're sacking quarterback number three because 
it, it's it's irrelevant. Um, Quinn Sachs obviously came at, at at various times throughout the year last year, and he was valuable. Uh, you know, all time Bears sack leader, uh, single season sack leader. So uh, I I have nothing but I do I've liked Robert Quinn since North Carolina. So I'll never talk shit about Robert Quinn. Uh, I just I just fuck around. Um, so I, I was stoked the day we signed him. Uh, obviously, you know, people were fans were not happy with the contract, but man, I don't care. Uh, I learned a little something about the salary cap this week. Uh, there was a clip by Andrew Brandt, I believe, on Twitter. Is that his last name? Is that his first name? Brandt, the B-R-A-N-B-R-A-N-D-T. Is it Andrew Brandt? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he was saying like how teams are avoiding the cap and it's not like, like it's not the cap is a myth, but they just give them a bunch of money, like upfront, like cash. And that circumvents like the cap hit number and spreads out that signing bonus over a, a long time. So like the, the Stafford deal is the one that they broke down and essentially like he makes like one and a half million dollars a year. He got a $60 million signing bonus, but it was over like five years or something like that. So he only makes like 12 and a half. It's only like a 12 and a half million dollar cap a year. So it's really nothing. Right. So, um, yeah, I, the cap is whatever. So Robert Quinn getting five years, $70 million. I don't know if it actually equals that to that. Plus, Cliff Stein's back in the mix, so that guy knows how to negotiate contracts. But where I'm getting off course, we're getting off course. Uh, Robert Quinn's not at camp, not at uh, mandatory OTAs. I don't know if it's a big deal or not. I agree with you, Lucas, that they should try to get something for him. Uh, what, would, what, what value would you put on Robert Quinn if you were – a team looking for a pass rusher. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily just trade Robert Quinn for the sake of trading Robert Quinn. You know, I'd probably try and get a, I think a third third round pick is probably what I would aim for for Quinn. And I think that's fair coming off an 18 plus sack season. Um, I mean, he is in his mid thirties, but I mean, we've seen guys have an impact on teams who are ready to win like that all the time. So, um, you know, you're not going to get quite, what the Broncos got for Von Miller, but uh, I think a third rounder for, would be fair from a, a contending team. So probably like a late third rounder. Um, Robert Quinn seems like a great dude too. You know, I'd like to see him go to a, to a nice spot where he has a chance to win. Um, the first spot I think of is, you know, it'd be cool to see him maybe go to Buffalo or a team like that. But uh, yeah, I think a third rounder is fair. I mean, if a team just offering you late round picks for him, I'm not doing it. Um, just, just see how things go. I kind of, thought that he would be traded around the trade deadline um this year and i know players normally don't get dealt like baseball uh around then but um i think quinn is definitely kind of on on the chopping block here and just for the sake of the bears aren't ready to win yet you know he's an older piece and you can get something for him and then free up cap more cap next year Hmm. um freeing up quinn's contract i think would leave the bears with the most uh cap space in the league next year so Lucas, you brought up Von Miller, which I think you know is a, probably a somewhat of a decent trade comp comparison because we don't see a whole lot of defensive ends move around, especially after thirty. So first question is, who do you know who's older, Von Miller or Robert Quinn? 
I want to say they're almost the same age. Are, are they in the same year and it's just like months difference or are they years apart? They're not years apart. Now you're making me question how many months apart they are. But <laughs> one, one of them is 33 and the other one is 32. I wanted to I, say Quinn was like slightly younger by like eight months or something. So Quinn is the 32-year-old. Vaughn is obviously then the 33-year-old. So my next question is how many, if, if pass rushers are judged on sacks, which they are, how many sacks apart do you think they are? Career-wise? Career-wise, yes, overall. Robert Quinn had some really good years on the Rams where I think he had, I think he might have been close to 20 sacks one year with the Rams, to be honest. Um, he did his best. He had one really good year with the Rams where he had 19, but 19, yeah. He wasn't phenomenal overall with the Rams, which is interesting. Um, I mean, these, these layout are interesting. Hasn't that kind of been like the, the trajectory of his career where he's had like a really good season and then like a mediocre bad season. And then like, he just, he has like, he, he did last year in Chicago. There was no way I thought he would. Um, yeah. 2020 you know, was ugly for him, dude. Yeah. Two well, sacks. he had that injury, but I mean, in, in right. Dallas it was kind of the same. It was like, he kind of had a really, he had a decent season with them too. Um, again, I'm getting off course here. How many differences in career sacks? Uh, I want to say Von Miller, maybe 26 sacks ahead of him. So Vaughn is 14 sacks ahead of him. He's at 115 and a half, and Quinn is at 101, so 14 and a half. Um, Quinn's worst year was that two-sack year, and then he had a four-sack year, where Vaughn has had a four-and-a-half sack year and two fives, but everything else for Vaughn, has been eight or higher, and most of them are double digits with an 18 and a half, a 13 and a half, and a, a 14 and a 14 and a half. So it's like looking at the consistency of Von Miller is surprising. Of course, Quinn did have the 19 sack year in LA in uh, 2013, and then the 18 and a half last year. So those are his two big spikes. And then he has right. three other double digits, and then the rest are kind of met. So I'm it is, to me, it's just a little bit surprising to see him only that far behind. So I don't I, I would have said that a third because what they would they get for Vaughn a second or a first that they get a first for him. No, they didn't get a first. They might have got okay. two seconds. They got two a decent seconds. amount for him. I think you would get like I said, I think you would get slightly less. So just a third round pick. You trade Quinn and maybe a late round pick swap or something. I think you could probably get that for him. Um, honestly, if there's a team that wants him now and is going to give you that, pull the trigger before he even has a shot to to either get hurt yeah, or yeah. or just not be good or not be set invested out, on the out. team. Yeah, yeah whatever. Out. So if if you have it, man, just just pull the trigger there, polls. Um, I mean, I'm sure he knows what he's dealing with. Like I said, Eberflus definitely wasn't happy about it. I think the Bears kind of slightly prepared for this by signing uh, Muhammad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, I am worried about the Bears' D-line this year. I know Quinn's an edge rusher, but the Bears' D-line depth, in my opinion, is just not great. 
Um, what, I really what? like their secondary, but okay. That was going to be my my question for you because we've had some conversations on you know the the roster construction and whatnot, and your concerns uh, seem to be in a lot of position groups and that's fair you know a lot of pundits have the bears as a bottom five roster in the league um so i i'm such an optimistic bears fan i think you know every player is is bound for greatness or bound to break (laughs) out or you know the draft picks are just the the best thing to happen to to chicago since deep dish pizza so uh, I don't know. Um, Quinn, I, 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 would you take a fourth, just a fourth? Yeah. I mean, I would, I would definitely consider it. Um, I think it would really depend on, you know, what I, we like to think we're in on the know with a lot of these players, but truthfully, we don't know anything. So if that's all the Bears thought they could get, okay, sure, fine. I think they could get more, though. But, you know, as, as always, Khalil Mack surprised us. You know, he didn't fetch a lot, but a lot of that had to deal with the money you're getting off the books as well. So yeah, yeah, some of that will money. also factor into, you know, what happens with Quinn. And, uh, you know, the other the flip side of this is if you do wait a little bit, you know, you give other teams a chance to possibly get injured or have players hold out or whatever and, you know, create a need on their own roster. So if mm-hmm. a team is desperate enough, you're going to get more form, obviously. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think you definitely have to consider a fourth form, especially with where the Bears are at. I mean, we don't like to say it, but they're definitely kind of in the middle of a rebuild here. Um, you know, right. if, they didn't ha- if they didn't have fields, this would be a full-blown you know, we suck type deal. Fields is the only only reason I care about the Bears this year, really, and and just why I think they won't be as bad as people say. Because I I fully believe in Fields and think he's going to take a step to elevate the team. But outside of that, I mean, I think they're they're one Justin Fields not being there away from being a a very awful team. Yeah, you 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 know, since we're talking about Quinn and and you mentioned the defensive line depth, uh, it's 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 a little concerning, uh, you know, especially switching schemes and really the best three tech is had injury histories and is Justin you know, Jones, yep you know, is, is new. So, and that's, you know, being new to the bears is totally fine. I mean, obviously everybody's new to the bears, uh, with the new regime and whatnot, but, uh, linebacker is concerning for me. Roquan is pretty much all you got, you know? Um, yeah, they signed, I mean, they're, they're banking on a lot of, I mean, I get it. You know, we, we've said all off season that polls strategy is very transparent. They're banking on, low cost high upside players that maybe you can find one or two of these guys who really balls out and you know you have a piece moving forward that you can build around which would you know would be awesome if say it's nicholas morrow or justin jones turns into that guy that you know you're like awesome we have our starting linebacker starting three tech moving forward or whatever but there's also the flip side of that you know these guys could flame out they really they don't totally. have too much experience. A lot of them have injury history. 
so that's that's the thing and my my thing is a lot of these guys i mean justin jones like you mentioned hurt a lot nicholas morrow you know has some injury history um i think the bears other d tackle right now is is tonga who they pretty much drafted him as like an eddie goldman kind of replacement he's like a almost like a nose tackle who's going to be playing you know in a 4-3 front now so he's going to probably have to slim down to to be more of a penetrating dt so um you know that's a wild card how how is he going to play in, in that new kind of role um so i don't know yeah like you said linebacker d line it's like they still have, i mean they still have blackson on this team they still have I mean, blackson he's... they just signed mike pennell pennell oh really that's how you pronounce it yeah they did, did we have that. him before not for some reason i thought I we rostered him for some reason i could have swore the bears rostered him but anyway yeah they signed him the other day okay. when they cut they cut a tachu and they they signed panel makes sense i didn't think of tachu was a lot of people were very high on that signing last year i didn't really get it but uh whatever um right the so right now they're dts i'm looking at the depth chart is tonga justin jones lakale london angelo blackson they have some guy named Micah Do Treadway. Lakeo London's an interesting piece, potentially. Um, have you I'm ever heard of Micah Do Treadway? No. What's that dude everybody was in love with last year that played linebacker that they were comparing to um, Pernell McPhee? He ended up on the practice squad. But he, oh, he the dude, a, the really tall, skinny dude. No, 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 no. Um. Anyway, it doesn't matter. But yeah. So Robert Quinn, I, I think you know, just, and this is going to be a theme that we don't really know what this regime is doing yet. But the only thing we can really base it off of is what they did in, in free agency. Which again, we have no clue if this is going to be a typical free agent strategy because they had no money. They had no uh you know no uh kind of flexibility i guess is what i'm looking for um so the draft is really all we had to go off of and they made it apparent that they wanted to take a shotgun approach so i could see them trading quinn for multiple later picks as opposed to like a third like maybe if somebody were to offer a fourth and sixth or a fourth and seventh fourth fourth and fifth I think is a no brainer, even over, even potentially over a third, um, because you got a lot of guys that fall out of that third round range into the fourth, third through fifth can almost be the same guy. Third can also be a second, you know, type, type talent. So I think if they are going to trade Robert Quinn, hopefully, you know, they get good value for him, but, uh, Kind of speaking, you know, you brought up Eberflus and, and polls a little while ago. Uh, the the news out of Chicago was that the Bears got penalized by the league <laughs> for being too rough, too rough and too tough. And I guess the kind of the whole um red flag around this this infringement is if guys are on the ground so they don't want players knocking each other down or throwing each other down so if guys fall down on their own you know coaches are like get up get up get up everybody up stay up 
but I guess if they fall down too much, the league is is they frown upon that. So, uh, Lucas, is this a is this a big deal or is this just a a nothing burger? And and we're happy to see the players practicing hard. Yeah, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Is is that is that what it is? Do they how, first of all, I want to know how do they how do they track this? Do they have someone out there watching? The le- yeah, the league sends somebody. Did one of the players rat? No, the league sends somebody. All right, so that's interesting, and it's just like they it sounds like you read into this more than I did. They just see how often they're on the ground to determine if they're hitting or not, or or there's just more contact than. Yeah, they just probably determine the roughness of the practice. Uh, the you know when you have a a coach that wants to be intense you know hogan johns might have said that that might have flagged the league a little bit more like oh hey they want to be intense they want to you know bring the thunder so maybe they sent an, uh, a rep out a little bit early or something like that like the league might have been on the lookout but the guy i guess the the they the media so hogan johns talked to a lot of the players and three of them were player reps or were union reps. And the union is the one that actually dings, dings a team. And they said that the, even the union reps were like, yeah, whatever. This is, this is like nothing. Yeah. So to me, it's, it's not really a big deal. Honestly, I really like, you know, I, I think we've all been kind of appreciative of Eberflus is more uh, old, old fashioned style of coaching where he, he is old fashioned in, in the intensity he wants, but he's not like against analytics or any of that kind of stuff. He's not like an old timer, like, oh yeah, we're gonna knock each other's brains out until you get a concussion. Like he's obviously gonna be smart about it, but I, I think the intensity, um, you know, that he's bringing is really he's trying to set a culture. Um, it really wouldn't surprise me. I mean, you gotta think these guys know the freaking rules. Like, you you gotta, you know. I don't think they were completely unaware of what could possibly happen, but you know, maybe it's one of those things like, Hey, we, we have this crazy tough practice, you know, we get a day off later for, for getting fined or whatever. But um, you know, it's, it's, it's a message setting kind of, of practice. You know, you start off on that kind of foot with that kind of intensity and, and the players, you know, know what they're in for. It's like who who's in and who's all in on this team and who's not. So um you know, I most appreciate it in a weird way. Um, to me, it's it's not really a big deal at all, though. All right, all right. Uh, I How agree. do you feel about I, it? I don't. I I I I love it, man. I mean, it, like, and the players aren't just you know chill practicing either. They're they're going hard, and they're they're you know assumingly buying into the system. So. The more prepared you are on game day, the the easier the game is. So if you're practicing hard, you're going to play hard. Um, that's that's how I look at it. Uh, I I have zero issues with with what's going on or what happened. The um, yeah, it's unfortunate that they. So <laughs> I find it funny that you know the punishment is to like not go to work hey your punishment for working too hard is just don't go to work i mean can you imagine uh um, well 
the irony of this is that the other teams penalized in recent years for it have been the, the 49ers and Ravens, who are two two of the most well-oiled machines in the league. So, uh, Right, and Belichick also that, gets warned. It's not, not really a big deal. Um, you know, like I said, as long as... I don't think Eberflus is that guy, but as long as he's not that guy that's you know telling players to, to smash each other's brains out of practice and is smart about it, then I, I don't see an issue. Yeah, that's a pretty that's a pretty intense way to say it, smash each other's brains out. Do you think somebody would literally use that kind of language? Smash Maybe his brains was, out! Yeah, dude, like an old-fashioned coach, like a psychopath. Yeah. So, like, give me a coach that, like, would do that. They're probably not in the league anymore, man. You think? Uh, uh, you think like a like a? Oh, what's his name? Greg like Williams. Rex, like a Rex Ryan? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Greg Williams, man. Yeah. He was literally saying that kind of stuff on that's YouTube. True. On on yeah, you're right. Well, that's <laughs> that's that's a whole that's a whole another podcast. But uh, you know, other than that, not a ton coming out of of. OTAs and and the first day of mini camp, other than Lies. Uh, offensive line movement, uh, the um, offense having a good day, the defense having a good day, uh, kind of going back and forth, um, whether or not it's coach talk and whatnot. So obviously we're going to get into the O line shuffling because that seems to be the biggest news. So we'll preface this a little bit, or I'll preface this a little bit with, you know, we talked about uh, JJ getting, Jalen Johnson getting moved to the second team for a practice or two, and then he's been back with the ones. Kind of a side note, um, Kyler Gordon hasn't been in practice. He's been at the facility but hasn't been a practice so we don't know what's going on with him if he's injured or if this is something else but uh i think they said he was riding a stationary bike today so definitely oh great we heard yeah. stationary bike five thousand times last year <laughs> next thing you know kyler gordon's gonna be pushing a sled up a hill and people are gonna be like he's fine he's fine he's fine everything's <laughs> fine uh that was me no, last year what's, saying he's what, fine what's, by the way what's the oh here he is the sleepy head himself Whoa, Joe Gaither in the house, just in time for the best part of the podcast. Joe, why don't you take some time, wake up a little bit, listen to Lucas and I, uh, silky smooth, very white voices, uh, drink some water, splash your face, shotgun a Miller Lite if you want. I don't know. Uh, but so hold, Kyler hold Gordon, on, Chris, before, before you go forward, I need to ask. What is the cornerback equivalent of pushing a sled up a hill? Like if a lineman, if an injured lineman pushes a sled up a hill, what is the cornerback's equivalent? Backpedals of some sort. With a parachute? With a parachute. Yeah, backpedals with a parachute. I was actually thinking like a, like a, you know, those you're doing uh, weighted um, pull-ups. You got the chain and then the, the weight dangling from your junk. Like they got to do backpedals with that thing on it and keep it from like whacking themselves in the junk. You think that'd be punishment enough? <laughs> get to practice. Come on. Uh, but anyway, so let's get into you know the big movements. Uh, started out many or 
voluntary OTAs with Tevin Jenkins at right tackle, Larry Borum at left tackle. You had white hair at left guard, Patrick at center and Mustafer at right guard. And then when OTAs or whatever the fucking words are called, uh, opened up, it was Braxton Jones at left tackle. Cody Whitehair, Patrick, Dakota Dozier at right guard, and Larry Borum at right tackle with Tevin Jenkins moved to the second team uh, at right tackle. So no no, uh, position movement for Jenkins, just a... a, uh, I I guess for the only other word, I guess the word is demotion, but like I, I, without like starter set, I don't know how you can call it a demotion when there's no jobs being given out, given out yet. We we can't say, Hey, you know, you're demoted. Fucking, uh, Simeon's had some nice throws. So we, you know, calling him QB one, are we having a quarterback controversy? I mean, no. So, I don't know what else to call it. He got he got moved down to 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 show the twos how to be a one is what we're gonna call it. I think he's, I think he's been there for multiple practice. It's the second practice now. So this is at least the second practice that I heard that he was second string right tackle. I think you're yeah, right. And, I think and, he did and Braxton and Braxton Jones is the first string left tackle. So we are we gonna say that he's the starting left tackle? Or are we gonna? I mean, yeah, is it as no. big of a deal that Braxton Jones is the left tackle with the ones as it is that that Jenkins is the right tackle with the twos. I'm not quite ready to say it's a big deal yet, but I think it is a little bit concerning that Jenkins is with the twos. More so than Jones was the one rookie I think a lot of people pointed to, not myself, but a lot of people said, all right, this guy is probably the best of the group. You know, he has a chance to start. And when they... I think Ibraflus said something about Jenkins playing a right tackle, you know, a few weeks ago. So it was like, okay, you didn't really expect him to play left tackle, whatever. So that, that position was kind of open. But for me, I don't think coaches do things without at least some sort of purpose in the back of their head to, to at least have an idea to put people in, put people in positions they think they'll be in. You know, obviously so- things can change without pads and hitting right but i i don't uh-huh. think Eberflus having him with the second team is just just flat out nothing i think it, it there is something a little bit there whether it's for all i know jenkins back could still be hurting and maybe he's not 100 percent, and that's why he's with the twos i have no clue yeah i have I no mean, idea that's, that's one that's one thought in the in the think tank that i've seen is that uh jenkins you know, had some football experience last year in the NFL. It wasn't really phenomenal at left tackle. Uh, He also was hurt for a long period of time last year. So, you know, maybe that is something to kind of break him in a little bit slower. The other, I mean, the other thing that I think we're not, that I haven't heard enough of is like, why, why is Borum at right tackle and not at left with the ones like why wouldn't you put uh who's the veteran tackle that they had signed 
uh, what the hell's his name? He has a long name. Anyway, like why why is Borum not the the left tackle with the ones? Talk about Julian Davenport. Sure. Yes. Or 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 somebody else or uh, one of the rookies. You know, I, I mean, I know Braxton Jones is a, probably a left tackle, but there was another right tackle drafted. Uh, I can't even remember our draft class right, like off the top of my head. I had to look it up earlier, and I still can't fucking remember their names. But uh, the kid from you have Carter, Kramer, uh, Thomas, who's probably playing guard, and then Jones. I think Jones is probably the only true left. Or the but we have tackle out of the class. Have we but heard them... where uh, uh, Thomas and um, Carter are lining up at all? There hasn't been much talk of it. The only talk so I've I'm... seen was that uh, Jones played was at left tackle, and Jenkins has been relegated to the second team. That's kind of the only info I've seen. So I think like so. We're taking what Eberflus said, right? And he said that we want to see a lot of different combinations. It's the halfway point of the total of like 12 practices that they have over voluntary and mandatory camp, mini camp, whatever you want to call this this session. I mean, it has a name. I'm just stupid. But they have 12 practices total. This is the halfway point. So they shuffled it and wanted to make a change. Mandatory minicamp. Mandatory minicamp. Thank you, Joseph. Uh, like, I think we're too ingrained in Matt Nagy's fucking bullshit talk. And we can't just take Eberflus at his word that he literally is just trying to figure out the best five combination. And, you know, these are the pieces that they're unsure about. Obviously, they're sure about Cody. They're sure about uh, Patrick. Right guard has been moved multiple times. Uh, they still haven't given Thomas a shot at right guard with the ones or anything like that, which a lot of people thought would be the thing. They haven't given Kramer a shot at the center position and moved Patrick over to right guard, uh, which people thought could be a thing. So could it be that they're just not sure about Borum at left tackle and that he could be the right tackle or that, or maybe he moves to guard tomorrow. I don't know. Maybe they're just sure that Jenkins is definitely a right tackle, but we need to move other people into that spot, get them more reps. So Borum's going to get the most amount of reps with the ones at right tackle and see if, if that's his best natural position rather than left. I don't know. And, and maybe it is a thing. Maybe Jenkins is a giant fucking wasted pick and it's just not, it's just not working, but that sucks. Yeah. So just to, to note uh, what you just said there, um, Dakota Dozier, who the Bears signed, was carted off today at practice. He's been getting a lot of reps at right guard from what we've seen. Um, and he What's, was a, what's off, a lot? So, I thought it was uh, pretty even between him and Mustafer. Oh, I saw, I saw one of the tweets. I think Mustafer started there, and then I think recently most of the reps have been going to Dozier there. So, so is it the well, same thing as like what I was saying about split at 50-50, like the first half? of the 12 total practices was Mustafers, and now the back half will be Dozier's. I mean, I, I honestly don't think until we get to July, late July or early August, that we'll know what's happening. Like, if Jones is getting number one reps with at left tackle when we get to 
like late July. Joseph, do you have a date for me on when uh, camp actually opens? I think the Bears get a jump on it, maybe because they have a new coach. New coach. I thought that was only rookie. Maybe mini camp. Maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure. Well, while Joe's looking that up, um, my point about it is, you know, not necessarily full blown. You know, saying, oh, you know, Jenkins is done. He's a bust. Whatever. It's just. It, you try and put guys where you think they're going to be. So, like, he, 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 for example, Cody Whitehair is playing left guard. He's staying at left guard with the first team because you know he's starting there. To me, it's at least a little concerning that you still don't know about Jenkins and you're kind of depending on him to take a big step forward this year to solidify this line. Um, you know, otherwise you're going to be relying on rookies or, you know, guys that we've never heard of to, to kind of step in and fill that role. So, for me, it's, you know, Jenkins and Borm are two guys last year who – who got some reps, you know, starting and and to me the Bears offseason or lack of moves with the offensive line and free agency kind of made people think, yeah, these guys can could potentially start and be decent there. So I think the fact that, you know, only one of them is getting reps with the first team to me is at least a little bit of okay, what's going on here? You know, even, you know, we can say, you know, maybe they really like Jenkins at right tackle, but he really hasn't gotten a lot of reps there last year, or you even think this year, you want to get as many reps as possible. So uh, to me, that's just kind of where I'm coming from. Um, I don't know. I, they, I, do I think... mean, they, they, there was a, there was also the comment that, you know, maybe he's not mobile enough to play in this scheme that he's too kind of big and lumbering yeah. to, to be a zone blocker in this scheme and maybe that's you know he lost a lot of weight maybe he's also adjusting to that you know i don't know yeah no definitely there's there's, there's there's so many things behind the scenes that we just don't know and i guess on the surface it, it might look um might look like something but uh adam kuno says it's laughable and he's not worried now, that was from earlier. That was about the. Uh, no, that's from right now. Just said it right now. Nine forty-eight p.m. It says Dude. eight. It says seven forty-eight. Eight forty-eight. You're on. <laughs> it's fucking two forty-eight Greenwich Meanwood Meanwood times. Mean Joe. Joe, what do you think about all this? For me personally, I just don't think coaches waste their time with too much experimentation unless they really don't know. Which again, to me is. The flip side of this, which is also concerning that you don't know yet. How could you know? This is their 12th fucking practice with these guys, regardless of any position. It's their, it's their, like, it's not even their 12th. It's like their seventh or eighth. Like, and it's all from previous regimes. So you had to make something out of what you had. So how could you, like, the fact that you think that they should know right now? I'm not saying they should know. They should have a good idea, though, of who's playing. Like, they don't. You're talking about second-year guys, though. Like, with Cody and Lucas Patrick, those guys are veterans. Of course you fucking know where they're going. But, like, with these two guys that one was a fifth-round pick who just happened right. to but work that, out as okay, maybe. But, but my, what I'm saying is that goes back to my point of if they didn't know, why did they not bring in more vets to push these guys? Like, if you didn't know, why not have a competition with a vet? The fact that they didn't bring a vet made me think, okay, they're relying on these guys to be starters. But the fact that they don't know that they're starters yet is like, okay, maybe they fucked up. <laughs> that's a that's a lot. It's a yeah. That's a that's a big reach for me. But whatever. Well, I think that the the truth lies somewhere probably in between you guys. I think that 
Chris, you got a great point with with, with them, you know, only having a couple practices. But I think Luke has a great point as well. Uh, and, and honestly, where I kind of come down on this is maybe maybe Luke Getze is a little bit. Maybe maybe we're seeing some of this experience because you know, first time offensive coordinator, first time play caller. I mean. I, maybe he said we're seeing that this is kind of the product of some of this inexperience. Now, what it means for the Bears is going to be interesting. I, I, we're obviously waiting on Dakota Dozier's kind of outlook, and uh, I don't, I, I've been pretty vocal. I think, I think most of us have been pretty vocal about our displeasure with Sam Mustafer over the course of last season and, 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 and going into where we are right now. Cody Whitehair and Lucas Patrick are really the only uh, only linemen that I have, you know, any sort of faith in. So, in, in my opinion, you've got a whole crop of other question marks with Larry Borum, with Evan Jenkins, you know, with with Mustafer, with, with Dakota Dozier, with Braxton Jones. Now, is Braxton Jones going to be the future left tackle of the Bears? Maybe. Uh, but, I, but I think that uh, it kind of goes back. I, I think Krogman has a point with it being second practice. Um, I kind of think they're all in experimental in experimental phase. Uh, and, and does that suck? Yes. Should they be further along? Yeah, Luke, you're right. They should be further along. They should know. They should have a better idea. And and and, and maybe they do. They're just they're they're just kind of. Maybe they, I mean obviously they everybody has an idea of what they want it to look like going into things, but perhaps after day one or after a little bit of time they're like maybe that's not the best thing. Maybe there's things that have happened at practice that that have put some questions into their head. I, I think you're seeing some of the uh, inexperience in the coaching staff there, but I, I also think you know you got to. You, you have to look at this as the downside of some of the NFL practice rules over the last four, five, six years. These guys are not hitting. They're not. They're 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 out there in basically shorts a lot of the times. So the contact is minimal. So I don't know. I think that you you both make great points, but where I kind of come down on this is I think that maybe this speaks to Luke Getze's inexperience being first time where he's running the entire show uh, as an offense or as an offensive coach. Uh, you think I, it's that's ultimately kind of his call? Or do, do you think, think it's his or, call? Or do you think, or do you think Eberflus or do you think polls, you know, polls is saying, Hey, we like these guys, you know, try this combination. Or do you think he's letting Eberflus take it over? Or Eberflus is letting Getze do it. Or does, I mean, Chris just Morgan, does Chris Morgan have a fucking say in this? Right, or Chris, or, or Chris Morgan? Like we, we don't know. I, I'm just curious. I don't know. Do you think polls has a say in this at all? It better least? be a, a scary word called collaboration. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what, what, what Chris said exactly. I think that. Uh, get Look, to, if you don't, if you, if you don't let your coaches do their job, I understand that polls and, and Cunningham are both offensive line talent evaluators. But if you don't let their coaches do your your coaches do their job, and that goes down to Eberflus as well, who said he's a, a, a CEO type coach and he's going to let his coaches do their jobs. So that means that Getze is a, is the de facto CEO of the offense. So that makes Morgan and and all other position coaches, you know, responsible for their position groups and and. Guess he should be responsible for the overall offensive plan. So if he's saying like, "Hey, this player type 
whether it be Jones or Cody or Dakota Dozier or whatever, doesn't fit what I want to do on 75% of my plays, then you have to look for something that works. And maybe it's not Jenkins, but man, have we not seen enough of the guy in actual fucking reps to like say that in my opinion but no who knows no no especially at right tackle i mean at the beginning of the year lucas you were like oh we need to move him to right tackle and figure out what's going on maybe they're like okay yeah he's gonna be the right tackle but man borum is just not showing out at left tackle can he be can he play right tackle and be like a swing tackle or and maybe jones is the starting left i don't know i mean I think that they're just trying to figure out what's going on. And as far as like bringing in vets to challenge them, I, they didn't do that anywhere. Like they didn't bring a fucking right guard in. We're talking about Sam Mustafer and Dakota Dozier. Yeah, Who the fuck are these two schmucks? So like, Not at good. least we have like, like with Borum who played pretty well in OTAs last year and, and, and preseason. And if he didn't get a concussion, a lot of people thought that he would be the starting left tackle. And that Jason Peters wouldn't have even been a thing. And we also have second rounder Tevin Jenkins, who, you know, in theory should have, and they had to have evaluated him before. And I thought that they had right. good things to say about him. So yeah, they, they film on all these guys. It just, doesn't mean, al- it just doesn't line up with like everything else. Like this is kind of out of nowhere, kind of like the Johnson thing was like, like what the fuck? You're not gonna start Jalen Johnson? And like right. people made a big ass deal about it, and it was nothing. Well, well, he went back to to his his spot, and that seemed like more of a. With Johnson, it definitely seemed like more of an attitude thing. Like, just with Eberflus trying to get on the same page as Johnson. With this, it seems different. I don't know. For me, the longer it goes on, the more concerning it is. Like, I think if we go this full week and Jenkins does not step back into that first team role, I think. There's definitely some smoke around whatever's going on here. Um, I said this a long time ago, but I ultimately think he might be playing right guard. I kind of hope that's the case. I I don't want to wish anyone gets hurt, but I think Dakota Dozier possibly being hurt, it might be a blessing for this Bears team so they can see what else they have with either one of these young guys or maybe Tevin Jenkins at guard. I'd rather have that experiment than a vet who we know is just not good. Um, I mean, and I know- let's... Go ahead. Well, you Go say ahead. that you you say, you say that you'd rather have that experiment rather rather than a vet that's, that's not good. I think that's exactly why he hasn't brought in veteran competition in a lot of these areas. It's like why waste well, why waste dollars on on a veteran when I've got a bunch of rookies and one of them might use that one of them might use those reps to develop into something. Now maybe they all suck, but if they but but it, the, the bringing in your jason peters type or whatever yeah what's well, that worth? another win or two uh, well, well it's not even that i think i think just having at least from what i've seen with dozier and mustafer i think it's it's then a safety risk for for fields you at least need to have a competent starter there whether it whether it is a rookie or jenkins or you need to bring in someone else to me that's also dozier, that's also or, based on you know a matt Nagy system not where Getty knows he needs to protect Fields. Like, look what they did to Fields during that Browns game. Jeez. They did nothing to protect him. Hey, I, I get it. I just think there's there is better options on the market than what the Bears have right now. But like going to Joe's point, you're I mean, wasting reps. Leave them long longer than a year. 
you're wasting reps with those guys. If 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 you want to try to at least get these one of these kids to pop, they got to get the reps to do it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, well, which is weird to me, which is why if if they are truly experimenting, it is weird that none of these guys are are getting reps with the with the first team and on these lines. Yeah, that's that's so that, that's that's, totally that's why I'm like I I don't know like I just these coaches like I said they they have an idea of of who's probably going to play where and where they'll be so so to me that's why it's just like all right there's there's at least something here and I think the longer it goes on the more concerning it'll be but let me make sure ultimately the the the, line, the reported line today uh, at practice was Braxton Jones left tackle Cody White here left guard. Mustafer at center, Lucas Patrick at right guard, and then they no, had... no, no. Patrick was at center. Right guard was Dozier, who got carted off. Yes. Borm was at right tackle. Borm at right tackle. Okay, so right. and it's been like that for a couple passes. Didn't have a starting role at the current moment. If, if today's to be judged, I believe he came in after Dozier got hurt. Sure. Okay. All right. I'm following here. I just uh, I, I don't know to. Like yes, you have limited practices now with the, with, with the way the NFL sets things up. That's another downside of things. So you actually you really have to make every rep count. But I kind of think that it also makes it really tough to evaluate because they're not going you know major contact. There's a lot of things with conceptually speaking. Uh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not quite. But don't. Worried. But don't you think? Don't you think there's enough film on guys like Dakota Dozier and Mustafer to know like they are what they are and maybe you would want like if it was truly an, an experimental line what do you want to see maybe if jenkins pl- could play guard or born could play guard or a rookie could play guard over one I of these guys that would, I agree. You have I pl- plenty of nfl plenty of nfl film on it was just they just haven't been good in the league so yeah that, that's where i'm coming from so it's like if you're experimenting why is there not why do we still have dakota dozier at right guard what are the chances that in order to make the offense um, semi-viable for Justin Fields at the moment in practice, you've got these veterans who are, okay, these guys can understand the concepts and pick them up and probably execute at a decent level, at least at a practice level. Maybe you're Tevin Jenkins, maybe you're Braxton Jones. Maybe some of these guys honestly are still learning the Getsy system. I don't know. I'm just trying to throw that out. Throw well, ideas. I mean, there's, I think, I think there's endless possibilities and really, you know, as we alluded to, we really won't know anything until camp. I think if they're rolling into camp with this line, then it's like, okay, there's, there's something up, but hundred percent. Okay. So is is it the worst thing ever to decide that Tevin Jenkins is a bust? I mean, wouldn't you rather know that? Wouldn't you you rather decide that as soon as possible? I, I would, but my, my whole point on this is just that I would have liked if, I would have liked to see them do something else if, if that's the case. If they have the inclination that that's the case, that I feel like something else should be done. Uh, and, and if the goal is contending this year for a playoff spot, I mean, I just, I just think it, it all kind of depends on what polls and Eberflus kind of see as attainable this year. How long term are they? Because I definitely get the feeling that the the organization and you know management is kind of playing a long game here. But like, how long a game are they trying to play? Probably to compete next year, if I had to guess. But 
with I don't know. There, like we said, there's a lot of factors, you know, with the easy, easier schedule, with the way Eberflus is going to coach the team, you know, maybe the Bears can possibly sneak into an expanded playoff race or, or whatever, but it's, it's probably unlikely. But Chris, what, what were you going to say there? Uh, I was just going to say, you know, if this, if it is a demotion, you know, and he, and Tevin, Tevin Jenkins never sees the ones again, the rest of June or whatever, can he get that spot back when they get the pads on in July, in your opinion? Yeah, definitely. Like, I, I don't think he's, he's relegated right now. Like he's, he's, he's in the doghouse or whatever. Like, you know, I'm reading Twitter comments and people saying he's stinking it up. Cause you know, they're there watching these practices and they know what's going on, but uh, you know, I'm, I need to mute a certain friend of ours on our, bears account because i don't want to see his comments anymore but um, so that's my question you know like some people think like oh well maybe jenkins just needs the pads on to kind of show what he can do and like i said maybe they're maybe they're good with jenkins and they want to see what borm can do i'm curious like lucas when it comes to like moving one of those guys to guard you know if you're if you're running this new zone scheme and it is concerning that uh jenkins is you know not athletic i guess enough to to move with this is right guard the right spot for him or is is borum more athletic and that's a better spot for borum or does it really matter, you know, what spot you, you play? If you're not athletic enough to play one, you're not athletic enough to play either. Uh, give, give me your, your take on that, that there scenario. Yeah, maybe, I mean, like you said, maybe they're just playing Borm there because they think Borm is a better tackle, which is maybe completely fair. I mean, in my opinion, I think he looked solid, you know, pretty solid last year. But I never, I don't know, did you guys ever get the vibe that Jenkins wasn't, a good athlete or good in space. I mean, no. to me, the, to me, the move to right guard is more so just a kind of a, a pass protection thing. You know, you'll have more help there. You won't be on an island as much, and just really just be able to focus on on run blocking mostly inside. And I feel like you're on an island more at at, at tackle. Correct. Yeah, that's, yeah, okay, that's okay. what I'm saying. So, like, if you move him to guard, like that's you're going to cover that. He has, he has more inside help. Patrick can exactly. jump in and yeah, yeah. yeah, point point at somebody. You block him, big man. Like that yeah, kind so, of thing. So to me, it's not as much as of you know he's not a good athlete as you know maybe it's just his his pass protection is is shaky. So you move him inside, but um, in my opinion, the Bears just need to put their. I, I this sounds cliche, but they need to just put their five best linemen out there. So, and, and that's something that you know Cody said at I guess was pretty pretty firm on like they've said it multiple times that they're going to put their best five out there. So, I, I I guess I don't know the process it takes to find your best five. Yeah, and if you think that Jenkins is one of those best fives, and it's only June fourteenth. Do you give Borum more opportunities with the ones to prove that he is also one of those best five? Or do you give Braxton Jones that opportunity? But on the flip side of that, why are Cody and 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 uh, Patrick part of the, the first five if you already know that those are the guys and not giving anybody else those extra reps? I, I, I don't know. It's a weird... Well, that, that's what I'm saying. It's like, to me, it's almost... I'll, I'll, I've said it before, but 
coaches generally have an idea of, of where these guys will be. So it's like if you pencil in Patrick and Whitehair there, they're going to be on that first team line. So you're, you're putting guys out there who you think could potentially or have a good shot to be on that first team line out there. And to me, that's where the biggest concern is. And, you know, it's not on the coaching staff for doing this to me. It's more so what's up with Jenkins is, you know, is it, is it the new system? Is he still injured? What is it? But back to the point of playing your best five linemen, you know, if Jenkins is a better lineman than Dozier, don't play Dozier at right guard just because he's a right guard and Jenkins is a tackle. Make the switch and, and make Jenkins into a guard. So you have, you know, whatever. You have better, you know, better linemen out there. Ultimately, though, like you said, I think camp will be the ultimate deciding factor with a lot of these guys when they're going up, you know, versus Robert Quinn and Travis Gibson and, and all them guys and, and blitzing Roquan Smith. We'll, we'll really see, uh, you know, the kind of men from the boys separated. And, you know, the fact that Eberflus is a, uh, you know, kind of a defensive coach, I think will will be able to fire up a lot of pressure on the, on the Bears offense and, and, and throw some challenges at these linemen to help separate the men from the boys. How much of this do you think are we just overreacting to first, first, second day of, of, of mandatory minicamp? All of it. I, I mean, that's what fans I'm do, try- and that's, that's appropriate. It's not, it's not out of bounds. I'm trying not to overreact, but I also think that a lot of times, you know, we get too caught up in... Sometimes I think we don't evaluate coach speak enough or, or we'll just brush it off as, as an afterthought. And I think that's the issue here is what I'm saying is it's not the end of the world, but in my opinion, it's more than just, Oh, nothing. They're just experimenting. I think there's definitely something there, but I, it's not set in stone. It's not, you know, this isn't the line on day one. So you're already, you're already at the level of where there's smoke, there's fire. Yeah, I think there's something up. Definitely. Something up as far as a problem with the line, or like, no, that's what I mean. I think it's I think it's a Jenkins issue. I don't know what it is. Hey, here's something that happened where we have not heard a single fucking thing since then. The whole Roquan situation. What the yeah? F- like I haven't heard shit. That makes me think it was just internet rumors at this three point. weeks ago. I'm not. I'm not going to speculate on anything. There was there, a lot but... more goddamn smoke with that. A lot more. <laughs> Hell, my God, they had video with the dude. Yeah. That's what makes it me think. Where's the video of Tevin Jenkins sucking ass? That's what I want to see. Eberflus has it. Eberflus like, has it we, hidden. We've we got to get Johns out there with a video camera for all the, all the fans. Doesn't, doesn't you say it sometimes? Go, go out there, get, get, have him uh, stick a camera on his hat or something. Before you say, let's <laughs> uh, not go there. You say it's got enough going on right now. He's uh, he's got to be a teacher in the fall, and uh, yeah, potential. I don't. I didn't ever hear about that other job he was working on, so I guess that didn't work out. But anyway, that would have been our best shot. So, uh, Joe, <laughs> you weren't around for the first part of the I'm show. Sorry, you I'm talked sorry. about. I'm not dragging. I'm just want to get your opinion on something. <laughs> uh, what is your you know, Robert Quinn not being there. Well, we're going to skip past any of your opinion on that. The question is, is if they do want to trade him, if he does want to be traded, if that's what's going on with him not being there, 
what's your value on Robert Quinn if you're the Bears? What's your value on Robert Quinn if you're seeking a defensive end? Whatever anybody will sell you. <laughs> I don't care at this point. I mean, uh, I saw coming off of an 18 and a half sack season, you you're, you're taking like a seven counter. I mean, you do, but if he's like what, like okay, what 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 is he giving you? Not 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 being there. Like obviously he's gonna he's gonna be there for the for, for this for the season. He's not gonna sacrifice game checks like that. Uh, he, so the little holdout, I I think is overblown. I guess because I mean technically he isn't a holdout, not going to man, mandatory mini camp, mini camp, but. He's he's gonna be there for the game for for for, for games if you, if you if you decide to hold on to him. What kind of value? I mean, if you can get a third round pick out of him, you take it. And obviously, you try to leverage the teams who are interested, leverage the teams who are contenders, leverage the teams who need pass rushing as a contender because that's, in my opinion, that's probably what he's what he's wanting to go to a contender where he can be on a team that where he's going to feel like, Oh, we got a chance to win something real. The bears don't, I mean, I love them and I, and I got my glasses on, but the bears don't have a chance to win something real this year. I mean, we, we, we had our friend, uh, we had a couple of our friends on last week, uh, two, two weeks ago, excuse me, saying that, uh, that he picked the bears to be the division champs and that's all well and good. And I know a couple of weeks ago I was playing the 17 and O game, but that's not really realistic at all. you, you, you you let Robert Quinn go for a second. You let Robert go for. I've seen people say, "Oh, you trade, you know, Robert Quinn and a seventh round, and a sixth round pick in exchange for a DK Metcalf or a Terry McLaurin or something like that." Boom! All right, give us your trade offer for Robert Quinn. What is the lowest minimum trade you're accepting for him? And then we got to bounce into that topic before right. we sign out. Okay, um, fourth round pick is the lowest. That's what, that's what Chris and I said we would take. Chris said, you know, if you had the option, we were talking about this, if you had the option, you could get just a, a flat-out third-round pick or you could get a fourth and a sixth. Which, which one of those offers would you take? I'm taking the third. I'm taking, the, taking third. the third flat-out. All right. Yeah. Krogman, I think, went with the two dates, three picks. I said that, I, that's what, that I said that that's what I could see them doing because they do. went with yeah, they went right. with like the shotgun approach. Right. And I, I would be fine with that. I mean, I would be fine with either of those. You know, if you could get a fourth and a six or, or just a flat out third, I'd be cool with that. Um, but speaking of holdouts, let's dive into what Joe just said here. Uh, you know, we have some contract disputes. DK Metcalf is looking for a new deal. He is out in Seattle. Um, I don't know if he's holding out, but he wants a, a mega contract. And the, uh, you know, the Seahawks got rid of his best friend. You know, they got rid of Russ and uh, their new quarterback is, who, who do they have? Uh, Geno Smith and, and Drew Locke. He's Not trying exactly. to cash in before he has to play with Drew Locke right. and tank so, his value. Well, well, the thing about Metcalf, in my opinion, is I think he is slightly overrated. You know, I think he is definitely a specific type of wide receiver. And I think Russell Wilson was the perfect quarterback for him. So I do think Metcalf specifically has to go to a, a very specific type of offense. Um, and I think he would fit the Bears perfectly just because I think Justin Fields has a lot of those, you know, Wilson-like qualities with his deep ball. Uh, on the other hand, you got Terry McLaurin, who wants to make a deal in Washington, and, and I think he is in a holdout. Um, 
I think Metcalf is or, or McLaurin is probably the better overall wide receiver. You know, he is a, an expert route runner and, you know, just he all around really good receiver. Um, do you guys think it's realistic for the Bears to trade for either of these targets? No. These holdout targets and pay them big no, time. Absolutely not. Yeah, I don't think it's realistic either. I think it'd be cool, but we're not playing Madden. So I don't know. What are you going to like? What my, I think like they could figure out the cap money thing because they're going to have a shit ton of cap, like you said. Oh, they, yeah, they, they absolutely could figure out the money. But what are you going to give away for them? And like, like with polls wanting to build through the draft and, and showing last year, although it took a while to, to uh, you know, get all those extra picks, he, he really did value a lot of picks and went from what he started out with like six and went to 11 before the, the whole thing was over. So I don't see them trading picks. They don't have players like none of those, neither of those teams, you know, the tradable piece is, is Quinn and neither one of them teams is taking Quinn. I was going to say the only tradable piece you could possibly trade for on those two is probably Roquan and, and would the Bears ultimately uh, do that? I don't think so. Uh, I think they're going to extend him to a big, big, big money deal there. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening. I think, uh, I don't know. My answer is I don't, I, I don't see any way that that happens, that they yeah. trade for one of those, those big holdout receivers. Washington needs case. to be smart and fucking sign McLaurin ASAP. Yeah, that dude's a beast. And Metcalf, I mean, man, he had some big letdown games last year. Big. Dude, I'm he telling you, he's... Times. Russell Wilson is more important to that guy's career than he's important to that offense overall. What is that offense without Russell Wilson? What is it with it? I mean, shit, dude, he was not great last year either. Well, I'm just saying Metcalf is really, I know he, he's a dominant force, but he really is like, he just thrives off deep ball. And if you don't have a quarterback who can do that, he's not, he's not a good enough route runner to give you all that extra stuff that guys like McLaren would give you. And I know people hate that take, and I've, I've been on that train for years, but. I don't understand Jeez. why Metcalf wasn't more like Des Bryant, you know, running those slants. Like, who can't run a slant, dude? You can, like, Joe could run a slant. <laughs> <laughs> well, give Tell me another Renfro. DK, dude, there was a picture of, of DK Metcalf, and I think it was. And Renfro with the grapes. Yeah, and Renfro, and it said, like, all of these guys play wide receiver. I think the other one was Antonio it, Brown. And, you know, it was AJ Brown. AJ Brown, those two yeah. are just shredded, shredded up, like looking just svelte. And you got Hunter Renfro looking like the looking wide like receiver Joe. version of Tom Brady in his, you know, 1996 <laughs> Michigan shorts looking just terrible. He's got Brady Boxer brand now. I need some Brady yeah. Boxers. Did you see that? He's got Brady Boxers. And some dude on, on Twitter asked him if he could have a, uh, a game-worn pair of his underwear. And Brady responded to him and gave him a code to buy some out of his store. You should give him a free code. That, no, that's what it was. He gave him, like, free boxers. Oh, that'd be cool. N- not game-worn, obviously, but... Well, no, but, like, not a code to buy some <laughs> boxers. Like, hey, here's a code to go spend... They're probably 45 bucks a pop, dude. Like, boxers are... These brand, these brand name boxers are just out of outrageous. You want some nice boxers? Get some thirty two degrees from Costco. Best advice you'll ever get. They're the they're the shit. Oh my gosh! 
That is the not Brady sponsored, Boxer Brief three pack. What do you think? I think it's a hundred and uh, I think it's a hundred and twenty dollars. I think they're forty bucks. I want to I wanna say eighty nine bucks. Well, you're both a little high. The three pack Brady oh. Boxer Brief three pack fifty five bucks. Twenty bucks a piece. That's actually not as bad as I thought they would be. I still wouldn't pay twenty bucks. Five no. pack you can get eighty five dollars. The single is twenty bucks. Is it like, dude, I mean, I got I got buddies that buy socks that that are that expensive, you know, that are they're schnazzy socks. So, I, if you want to cup your junk with some nice Brady boxers, I, I mean, who who am I to judge people for putting twenty dollars on their on their set? If, if to make me perform like Tom Brady in and out of the bedroom, I think I'm game. Tom Brady's golf game needs some work. We, how, do we know how well has Giselle told us how well Tom performs in the bedroom? Or are we just assuming because he's an athlete? <laughs> Based on his romantic partners, I think he's performing fairly well. But that is well, an assumption. That's an they assumption. Found, they, they, I mean, I don't. Yeah. Ooh, does that mean like Aaron Rodgers is trash? Based on his. <laughs> I mean, I don't really think that. What is, what's her name? Shane Woodley. Shane Woodley. I don't know. He's with a he's with a witch now. He's dating a wicked now. Yeah, I saw that. She said she said her name is Blue Earth or some shit like that. And she's honestly, she's got like this hot witch vibe, but it's still like witch, you know. Like she's still got a lot. She's got the heavy. I mean, after you came out that hard against you know the vaccine and whatnot, and we're giving people like homeopathic medical advice, you have to date a wiccan. I mean, come on. I thought that was a male witch. It's a witch. She's I a mean, witch. Outside of outside of Olivia Munn, I, I don't really think that a lot of his uh, romantic partners have been like knocked down, drag out. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, so what's Brady's obviously has Giselle. She's like, this conversation's full blown. We're we're going there. Lucas is giggling it off over there. But wow. we're we're an hour and fifteen minutes into this, and this is how we're going to close the show. So can't wait. Uh, but so Brady. Was uh, Moynihan, Bridget Moynihan, was his other big? Danica like, Patrick. That's uh, yeah, no, yeah. that was that was Rogers. Was Moynihan, uh, Moynihan, yes. Oh, oh, you're talking yeah. about Brady, Brady now. Brady and linked to Tara Reid. Whoa, this Yikes. is from page six. So I like, got take that for what it is. Well, I mean, it's probably right. Page six is accurate. I mean, it's, it's no TMZ, but you know. <laughs> All right, Lucas. Uh, Joe, any other bear related news that you that you gentlemen would like to talk about? Did y'all touch on Justin Fields smacking home runs and then uh, Riggy Park? No, I mean, talking about the baseball podcast. Oh, that was you know, it was cool. A little... That's tomorrow. Uh, Cole, there was Cole a tor- there, there was a tornado. Cole, Cole Komet shot an 86. Is that what you're gonna say? No, I was gonna say Cole Komet won the home run derby, but what what did he do? He shot a he what? shot an he shot an eighty six at like the the like super nice course near Palace. So he's the ultimate athlete. He's a baseball, football, golf triathlete. Bear down, Cole Komet. You guys, you guys like my all star? I love it, Cole Komet, Notre Dame all star. Go Irish. Bear down. Joe. Sing. 
Bear down, Chicago Bears. Make every play clear the way to victory. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Put up a fight with the might so fearlessly. We'll never forget the way you thrilled the nation with your T formation. Bear down, Chicago Bears. And don't forget why you're wearing the crown. You're the pride and joy of Illinois, Chicago Bears. Bear down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.